0: It's a good week for any rabbi when you get to teach Torah multiple times. And this week in particular, I've had three opportunities to teach this week's Torah portion. And both times up to now, I've focused on the same verse. We're in the eighth chapter of Deuteronomy. And the verse is, Ve'achalta, ve'savata, uve'rachta, et anonai elohecha. You shall eat, you shall be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God. This is the verse from which we get birkat hamazon, the blessing after the meal. So my first opportunity to teach was Monday evening at our board meeting. It was the first gathering of a new board of trustees. And I shared this verse and offered to the board that at the beginning of the year, you might think that I would rather talk about the motzi than birkat hamazon, the blessing before the meal rather than the blessing after. But I suggested that if we remember that the beginning of one stage is the end of the one that came before it, we're better able to appreciate the blessings of learning from our past in order to better determine our future. And then this morning as I was filming our Grams, the one minute of Torah video that you can find either on Instagram or Facebook if you're not following us, And you're on, don't get on Instagram or Facebook just for it. But if you're there anyway, let us join you. And again, I taught about Birkat Hamazon and the way in which this one verse of Torah becomes a fairly long prayer. One, in fact, that mimics the service that we just uh, worship together. We begin with a psalm. Just as we begin with Kabbalat Shabbat, continuing with a responsive prayer, the Chaverai Nevarai, Yehi Adonai Mevarach Just like Baruch Hu, and as our service continues, and then there are four sections of themed blessings, all a paragraph or a little bit more. Just like our service continues with sections of prayer it's a long prayer so long in fact that some traditionally observant jews will avoid bread at a meal if they think it's really the bread isn't worth it and they know that if they eat bread they're going to have to say birkat hamazon after the meal is over the talmud allows however for an abbreviated birkat hamazon if you really feel that you wouldn't be able to pray with intent, specifically if you find that you're in danger. And the extreme example comes from Binyamin the shepherd, who we're told would offer one verse after he ate. Barich Rahmana, Malka de Alma, Mare de Hai Pita, Blessed is the Merciful One, Sovereign of the Universe, Creator of this Bread. I ended by saying it's not the size of the blessing that matters, but rather taking the time to appreciate the blessings we've been given. So if you saw the video, you got a a reminder. If you didn't see it, you can skip it this week and join us next week. (laughs) But as long as I'm on a roll with this one verse of Torah, and yes, if you did eat a roll with a verse of Torah, you would be obligated to bench Birkat Hamazon. I want a stick, thank you, thank you. I wanted a roll. I'm on a roll with this verse of just making sure. And just as a good chef will offer one food three ways, I'll now offer this same verse of Torah in a third way. But first, we need to look at the context in which we come to this verse. First, we're in the book of Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy, as I've explained often, is Moses' last words to the people. He's been leading us for 40 years, and he knows that he's not going to be able to enter the promised land. And I often compare this to a parent sending a child to college for the first time. Moses is very worried that we are going to forget everything that we've been taught once he's no longer standing over us and we'll go back to all of our old ways. So the whole book of Deuteronomy, Evan will tell us is rewards if you follow the laws, curses if you don't. Um, This Torah portion in, in a different section is Moses kind of the ultimate guilt trip. Remember when I did this for you, remember when I did this for you, I went through so much pain to get you here. No mother has ever said that to her child. (laughs) Really laying it on. When I'm not with you anymore, please don't forget me, and don't forget what you're supposed to do. And Now we come to chapter 8 of Deuteronomy. Remember, Moses reminds us, God made us wander in the wilderness for 40 years, to test whether or not we would lose faith when things were hard. God subjected you to the hardship of hunger, we read, and then gave you manna to eat, which neither you nor your fathers had ever known, in order to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but that man may live on anything that God decrees. The clothes upon you did not wear out, nor did your feet swell over those 40 years. Now, many of us know the story. We did complain when things got hard, and we were often punished for it. But in spite of the hardships and the complaints and the punishments and the repetition of that cycle, here we were 40 years later, still gathered, ready to enter the land. We may have gone astray, but we never ran away. Moses continues, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land now, a land with streams and springs and fountains issuing from plain and hill, a land of wheat and barley, of vines, figs and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land where you may eat food without stint, where you will lack nothing, a land whose rocks are iron and from whose hills you can mine copper. This land we're entering is the opposite of the wilderness, the opposite of hardship. And now our verse. When you have eaten your fill, give thanks to the Lord your God for the good land which God has given you. Take care, Moses warns, lest you forget the Lord your God and fail to keep the commandments, rules, and laws which I enjoin upon you today. When you have eaten your fill, and have built fine houses to live in, and your herds and flocks have multiplied, and your silver and gold have increased, and everything you own has prospered. When you have your own apartment, and you think you can get away with anything, (laughs) beware, lest your heart grow haughty, and you forget the Lord your God, who freed you from the land of Egypt, the house of bondage who led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its serpents and scorpions, a parched land with no water in it, who brought forth water from you from the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness in order to test you by hardships, only to benefit you in the end. And you say to yourselves, I know you will. My own power and the might of my own hand have won this wealth for me. Remember, it is the Lord your God who gives you the power to get wealth in fulfillment of the covenant that God made on oath with your ancestors, as is still the case. The Akedat Yitzhak, a medieval philosopher, infers from this that there are two impediments that keep us from acting the way we should. One is having too little, and one is having too much. In the wilderness, the people were tested by barely having enough to get by, but once in the land, their test would be having everything they need and more. Of the two impediments, he wrote, having too much is undoubtedly the greater impediment on our path towards salvation. An excess of worldly goods acts as a greater hindrance to our achieving our spiritual goals than a shortage of such material possessions. We know, he wrote, of many poor people who became great Torah scholars, whereas only a few managed to combine both material wealth and great spiritual leadership in one person. The vast majority, he observed, were snared by material wealth to feed their own greed. As a result, all the good their wealth might have accomplished was wasted. Regardless of of what we as individuals may have or lack, we are all at risk of both sides of this warning. When we are hungering for more than what we have, we risk hurting or neglecting others in order to get what we want. But when we feel we have everything we need, it is easy to relish in what we have to the point of blindness toward those who are where we once were, those seeking daily manna, a gift from above, just to get by. The blessing before we eat, therefore, reminds us that even when we're hungry, we have to pause to be grateful. We don't just dive in to satisfy our hunger. We have to be grateful that while we don't always have everything we want, more often than not, we do have what we need, and our actions should be directed by that knowledge. The blessing after we eat reminds us that even as we loosen our belts, rather than dwelling in the greatness of what we've accomplished, we have to remember how we got there and our duty to those who are in a different stage of that journey whether or not we offer an actual blessing before and after we eat. As we are beginning the process of preparing for our High Holy Days, may we think about how we act when we feel in need. May we never lose track of the blessings we have, and even when we are hungry, may we ensure not only that we are not pushing others aside in order to reach our goals, but that we are doing everything we can to bring them along with us. And when we are full, when we have had all we need, may our satiation never lead to ambivalence or worse, contempt for those who don't. And may we not only recognize our blessings, but may we share them as best we can. Beginning or end, long or short, hungry or full, May we never lose sight of how we got to this place. And may we always remain focused on that which we know is our role in helping our world to become that eternal blessing that it was created to be.